ask you to reflect for a moment. Think of a situation recently with someone close to you, maybe a spouse, parent, sibling, son, daughter, teacher, work colleague, when the situation took a turn, either positive or negative, that you didn't necessarily expect. So think about that situation with someone that became uncomfortable or uncertain in the moment, again, whether surprisingly good or bad. How did you respond? What's your natural instinct when something like that happens? Mm. Do you take control? Mm -hmm. Make a joke? Look away? Avoid? Do something to distract? Deflect? Escape? Via your phone or leaving? What did you really want to do? So in our passage, we'll, we'll look at the disciples. We're in um, Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 to 9. Let's read. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it is wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Right. All right. So let's put this in context, because uh, we have been in Mark 1, um, and we're now, this is in Mark 9. So just in the passages just prior to this, um, Jesus has been performing a um, variety of miracles. He healed a deaf man, um, feeding of 4,000, which is in addition to the 5,000 that we know from mm -hmm. other teaching. Um, Jesus taught a warning of the leaven of the Pharisees. He healed a blind man, and then some very intense teaching. So the passage immediately preceding this um, brings us to, and we'll, we'll actually be in that passage in two weeks. The lectionary will take us there in two weeks, but so I'm going to give you a preview because it's important to know where this, um, what this is following. So mm -hmm. it contains some significant advances in understanding and challenging by Jesus. So in a discussion of Jesus asking, who do people say that I am, um, Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah, <laughs> which is a huge revelation to him by God. Um, Jesus then goes on to say that he must, um, he tells his disciples that he's going to suffer and that he's going to be killed and be risen and will rise again in three days, which of course they don't fully understand and they also want to fix and prevent because they don't want to see their dear friend suffer. And then Jesus redirects them and emphasizes through some really challenging teaching the self-denial that's required of them. So that's where our passage picks up. So this, those conversations have just happened. Mm -hmm. And then six days later, which is very specific, <laughs> um, and it's specific on purpose, um, 
Moses waited for God on Mount Sinai for six days before God appears. So there's, there's something specific there in that time frame. Um, so six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. He didn't take all 12 of his disciples or the other followers that had been gathering. He just took these three that we know become his inner circle who um, witnessed some special and specific things mm -hmm. um, and teachings who we know then become incredible teachers uh, over time. So imagine what they might be thinking. What were they anticipating as they went up the mountain with Jesus? Uh, were they celebrating like, yeah, we're awesome. He picked us. Yeah. Uh, were they like, I don't know. Like, what what would that what would that be like? You know, were they were they wondering, you know, what's he gonna do, or were they thinking this was just another day? Oh, we're just going on a walk up the mountain. Mm -hmm. What were they thinking? What would you have been thinking? What the heck is going on? <laughs> no doubt. And he led them. He led them. Right. They're following him up a mountain to be alone. And there's something significant about going to the mountain. We know that. Moses and Elijah both had encounters with God at the top of mountains. Like so, it's this is this is an important um, important thing. It's significant. So he's taking them up the mountain. As the men watched, so they were watching, right? They went along, and as they watched, Jesus's appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could make them, whiter than they'd ever seen. Fabric. So this amazing transformation that happens, Jesus is transfigured, and the um, the Greek word that's used here is I don't can't really even say it metamorphothe, which we get metamorphosis from, right? The process of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, for example. Um, that full transformation, change that comes from the inside out, mm. and so they get this glimpse of Jesus's glory that he had. Jesus was with God in the beginning. He's this the triune God, mm. from the beginning they get a glimpse of his absolute mm. glory just for that, in that moment. Uh, and he was, he was transformed, that change that comes from within. And again, the, the clothes, like whiter than they could ever, that they've ever seen fabric appear, right? So they're just, it's like, wow, something that they had never seen. Mm -hmm. um, and those changes come from within. And I might ask us to think about what might God, because we know that Jesus comes to transform us into his likeness, right? So what might God be wanting, be pointing out to us that he might want to help grow in us? <laughs> but in this moment, as we talk, we see Jesus, as they see Jesus transformed before him. And then as they're taking that all in, suddenly Elijah and Moses appear and begin talking with Jesus. Can you imagine? They're, they're seeing Jesus fully light up in his glory from inside, and suddenly Moses and Elijah, the fathers, are there with Jesus, and they begin talking. So stop for just a minute. Like They've been watching at this point. They now see Elijah and Moses show up, and they're talking. So I wonder, what are they saying? Like What are they talking about? But we don't know. <laughs> We don't ever find out why, <laughs> because in their response of being terrified and surprised by what they saw, Peter just blurted out, "Oh, here, let's do something. You know, it's great that we're here. Yeah, it's great that we're here. Um, let's build tents as memorials for all of you. We'll have each of them want to stay up here. We'll get to avoid all the, 
yucky stuff that you were just teaching us about was going to happen. Like, and they, he just jumped in to, he was uncomfortable. They were uncomfortable. We don't know what John and James did, but Peter, our wonderful, impulsive, uh, jumped in to try and take control of the situation, to, do, to, to move out of that place of discomfort. Yeah. I don't know what to do with this, therefore, I've got to do something. And so he comes up with this solution to, right. to build these tents. <laughs> so that was his, I don't know what your response might have been, but that was, that was what he did. So he, and he does a couple things there. He goes, Rabbi, it is wonderful for us to be here. Yes, it's wonderful for us to be here, but not for the building of the tents. Um, but he calls him Rabbi, and you stop for a minute. Like He just saw Jesus in all of his glory for that moment. Six days earlier, he declared Jesus as the Messiah, mm -hmm. yet he reverts back to what was comfortable and calls him teacher, Rabbi, in this situation. And then he wants to, and the scripture tells us in verse 6 that he did this because he didn't know what else to say because they were all terrified. So he was fixing the terror for the others and himself by, um, by changing this and perhaps maybe being able to avoid some of the negativity that Jesus said was coming. Then a cloud overshadowed them. If that wasn't enough, right? Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. And we know in the Old Testament, as um, Moses was leading the Israelites through the desert, uh, it was the cloud, right, that was with them. It was God's presence. And so that was what happened. Like God's presence was there with them yeah. in this moment. So this cloud comes, definitely got their attention, right? <laughs> it was like, hey, wait, wait, we'll, we'll stop from the tent building it for the moment. Um, and God speaks, right? So last month, when we did the Zoom church, we were in the, um, in the passage earlier in... Um, uh, in Mark, where we talk about where Jesus was baptized, mm -hmm. and God mm -hmm. spoke in that moment, and he spoke in that time, he spoke, he was speaking directly to Jesus, and of course John was there, it was important for John to hear this affirmation that this is my son, um, and he's speaking to them, here it's a little bit different, God's speaking again, right, but who's he speaking to? Yes. Yeah, he's speaking to us, and in that moment he's speaking to Peter, James, and John, Directly, God's directly talking to them. This is my son. And, and he says, listen to them. So he does a couple things. He announces his identity, right, as his son. He affirms him. He's calling him dearly loved. Like he is loved. He could have said anything there. He is powerful. He is the ultimate judge. He is full of wisdom. He could have, he is loved. Because everything that Jesus does is fueled out of love yeah. right he is love so he affirms that and then he commands so and he also he's setting them apart from Moses he's setting Jesus apart from Moses and Elijah like this is my son this is him this is the Messiah that um, that that Moses predicted as he brought the law and he fulfills the law and that Elijah was the precursor for and is the prophet he fulfills, Jesus is fulfilling the prophets, uh, the prophecies too. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, he's showing them that this is Jesus, this is him, this is the Messiah. And then he tells them, he commands them, right? 
listen to him. And the Greek word that's used here for listen isn't just hear, hear, what, hear what he says, but there, it carries with it obey. So listen and obey what he, what he is saying. And then stunned back into silence. <laughs> um, can I amen right? Sure, you can amen, amen anything. Amen. <laughs> you can amen anything that you like. Yeah, as God speaks to you. So they look around after God, after God says this, and Moses and Elijah are gone. They don't say this, but I imagine the cloud isn't among them either. And they saw only Jesus with them. So as quick as everything happened, it was over. And so there they were. Imagine the contrast of the clear, the, the cloud appears suddenly, the loud voice, the affirming, the commanding, and the silence. What did they just witness? Are they replaying this over and over in their head? No more Moses. No more Elijah. What did they see? Only Jesus with them. I just got stuck on the word only. Like, only? Only. Like, it's only what we need, but like, what more could we need than Jesus with us? Mm -hmm. And it was just as, as they arrived, because they had arrived, the four of them, the three, <laughs> the three of them with Jesus, right? And that's, that's how they were left in that moment, but something was very different for them and now for us too. Even though they didn't fully understand everything that they experienced, Again, they were wanting to, um, maybe we can just stay here. Maybe we can avoid all this stuff that you were telling us is going to happen. Um, but they were afraid and they were confused. Um, I wonder as they were walking back down the mountain, did they ask Jesus what it all meant? Mm -hmm. Or were they afraid into silence? He then tells them as they went back down, um, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And he had just told them about this, right? Six days before. Six days, six days earlier. But verse 10, the lectionary stops at verse 9, but verse 10 actually goes on to say that they didn't fully understand. They wondered, what did he mean by mean? when he rises again? But they also, they said that they would wonder sometimes among the three. So it tells us that they did obey, like they didn't tell the others what they saw, but they still were wrestling, like what did that mean? What did he really mean by that? Because they couldn't get their arms around what he was telling him was gonna happen. Mm. So every encounter that we have with God, that they had with God, his word, something happens in nature, things that happen, we then return back to the everyday. So they're up on the mountain, they had this amazing experience, and they come back down, mm -hmm. and, go, and then they went back into what had been their everyday existence. Do we move into our everyday existence, changed mm -hmm. by what God shows us? Mm -hmm. Would they? You know, I can look back and say, oh, Peter, <laughs> you're so, Impulsive. I can get super judgy, right? Why were you so impulsive? Why couldn't you just keep quiet for just a minute so we could know what they were going to say or what they were saying? But if God wanted us to know, it would be written. <laughs> um, but it's so easy for me to say, well, if I was there, no. Like, I think about situations that, that I find myself in 
amid uncertainty and surprise, I'm pretty quick to jump into control because I don't mm -hmm. like to be out of control. Yeah. Um, spring into action, what do you do? Do you blurt out a solution or a next step? Or criticism? Or placating peacekeeping attempt to sweep the awkwardness away? Mm -hmm. In the process, what do we miss? What do we miss when we do that? What opportunities are there that we just don't see and hear? So a couple weeks ago, we wrestled with what it means to believe God. It was like at the end of our second week of, um, of our 21 days of prayer. And we were in Mark um, 1, 14 and 15, where Jesus is starting his ministry. And he says, repent and believe the good news. And we talked about what does it mean to believe, not just believe with our minds, but believe with our hearts and let it guide us and let us walk in that belief as we go through our days and we have encounters with other people believing in our heart and living from that place in his power and not ours. And that's the, like, that's the hard part, right? Um, because only grace can help us. Grace helps us do things. His grace helps us do things that we can't do on our own. Like, we just can't. We're not programmed for it. We have just our own human tendencies that we've developed over our lifetimes. Um, but it's his presence with us. It's his power in us. Like, his Spirit is in us. Amen. And he gives us, will give us, the grace to fuel yes. the things that we can't do on our own. We practice. But we have to look for it. We can't, it's not just like an IV or, or something that's just going to like flow into us and just make us. We have to <coughs> be looking for it and we have to be asking. So I don't know what you're walking through right now. Um, you can sometimes walk through some challenging things. Mm -hmm. um, walking through one with my extended family right now, and God will start to connect some of these pieces, and I'm like, wow, like in my second Corinthians passage that Michael read earlier, it goes on to say they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Mm. Um, it goes on, we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let there be light in the darkness. We sang about it in worship. Let there be light. For it was God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus, the transfigured, beautiful face of Jesus. Are we doing that? How are you doing with that? Me? <laughs> Some places I do well and others not so much. Um, I'll be honest, I'm having a hard time right now loving well mm. in the face of adversity. Yes. And I'm feeling impatient and weary and heavy and worn down mm -hmm. by a situation. And in small group, um, we've been walking through um, the heart of Jesus. Gentle and lowly, Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty, um, so much promise. And over the last ten years, I've learned that when things start to feel heavy, to me, it's a sign that I've picked up something yep. and I'm trying to carry it yep. in my own power again. Yep. Uh, and it starts to weigh me down, and then I need Him, Jesus, to walk with me. It's not that he's in there, like he's right there by my side. I just have slipped out from under that yoke that we talk about in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and I'm doing it 
my way and my power and trying to figure things out and my wisdom and my strategies mm. um, instead of letting him do things. Because sometimes we walk through stuff and it's hard and it's messy and it's draining, but it's so important if we can lean in to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding, like, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. And sometimes it's turning me sideways. It's like, I don't like the way I'm feeling right, right now right. or the thoughts that I'm having. Um, and so overnight, he would bring, bring some more of this to me. Um, from a passage that we read in our wedding, some of you may be familiar with it. It's when Paul is, is talking to the Corinthians about loving one another well because they were being divisive and competitive and envy and all these things going on. And he was teaching them as the passage, love is patient, love is kind. It's that, and so it was a teaching on that that popped into my email overnight while I was asleep. <laughs> and that I read this morning, and I'm like, oh. I remembered that God, when he said, this is my son, who I love, mm. right? And it's that place of love, and it all comes down. And so at the end of this, as I kept reflecting, it comes down to love. And it, it says, it, you know, love bears all things, right? Yeah, believes all things. We'll go. We'll walk into all those. But like even in devotions with our staff team on Thursday morning, we were talking about what does it mean to bear with one another in mm. love. Mm -hmm. Completely different passage. Um, it endures things for the sake of the gospel. It believes yeah. all things. Paul doesn't mean that that love is naively gullible, mm -mm. Um, but generously believes the best mm -hmm. about others rather than being. Cynical. Mm -hmm. I was feeling cynical. Jesus said, repent and believe not just with our minds, but in our hearts and living it out in our actions. As we said a few weeks ago, am I living like I believe that he is and that he will do what he says? Do you? Love hopes all things. It wants others to flourish. Love endures all things. It doesn't give up. Am I patient? Am I being patient? Mm -mm. Long-suffering is another <laughs> right? It, that's another word for patient, right? That's what he means. Am I, am I being long-suffering? Am I being kind in my interactions, especially in the hard moments? Are you? And not independently, but with his spirit, leaning into him. So what about you? Like, What are you walking through that's hard right now? Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain with Jesus, and they saw his glory. They got this glimpse of his power and his beauty. They saw him with Moses and Elijah and experienced the presence of God in the cloud, and he spoke directly to the three of them, and he speaks to us. Terrified, they didn't know what to do, right? Instinctively, they shift into control mode for a moment. <laughs> so God shifts them out of it. Um, wanting to avoid the stuff that was hard that they knew they needed to walk through. Sometimes we walk through some really hard stuff. And they knew it was good that we were here. Yes, it is good, but not to do work, to be present and to listen and to observe mm. and to learn, not to blurt out <laughs> uh, and miss what the opportunity was that they might have learned from the conversation between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus can't even imagine, my mind can't even go there. Mm -hmm. But God spoke, and then it was over. But he spoke, and he spoke some really important things, that Jesus is Lord, that he is his son.
Amen. And he's loved. Everything he does, we know, flows from love. Mm. And that we're to listen and obey what he teaches us. So this morning, as I had finished reading that, was doing final refinements, I turned and I looked out the window, and I don't know if we have two slides or one. Okay, so do you see that tiny little red spot between the houses? It's a really bad picture because it's through a window, mm -hmm. through the fence, through the houses, across Highway 1. Um, so, that, so that little tiny red moment, I looked, I could have easily missed it, but I just turned and looked and I'm like, whoa. And we, had, we lived two years actually on Shoreline. We rented the place over there when we first moved. When we first moved here. So we know that those bursts happen and then they're gone. gone. Yeah. So I grabbed my keys and I grabbed my shoes and I tightened up my robe and I hopped in my car. I scraped the windshield, hopped in my car and I ran. <laughs> I literally did. And I drove across. I, did, I didn't walk this time, um, but I drove across the causeway, or drove to the causeway, and that's what oh, I said. Oh, wow. I mean, like, wow, God, like, look what he did, and so, and I watched it, and I just, wa I, we watch it change, you watch other things glow, but, like, it was there, and it was gone. Oh, like, just that, like, his amazing power, and beauty, <coughs> and glory, and love, right there. To you. Yeah, just this little tiny gift that was exactly like, like, wow, God, like, he's always there. Will we notice? Will we pay attention to the little things that mm. I could have easily turned and felt, oh, it's time to, you know, time to get my shower, it's time to get dressed, time to do this, time to do that, you know, time, I really need to heat up my coffee. Um, but I didn't miss it. I went. Just like last week. Last week he took me on a walk and spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And today, Look what he did. This doesn't happen every day. These are few and far between. But this morning, it's just this beautiful. He is mm. so generous and so kind and so present. You know, sometimes I find myself wondering, like, God, I don't know how to live this way like Jesus because we're not programmed to live like him. But he wants us to. And the way we do it is to turn to him and to look for and remember to bring him alongside. Are you running on the fuel of his grace? Mm. Connected with him? Or is it more like a daily dose, like I do? You know, as you start to enter the battle, it's like, you know, hold my latte, my beer, my phone, my keys, whatever, because I'm going to need all hands. This is messy, right? It's like, no, 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 I'm missing it. Instead of trying to avoid or trying to do it on my own power, he's with us. Will I just grab hold of his hand? back under that yoke and let him walk step by step. Will you? He gives us those glimpses of his beauty and his power and his presence undeniably Amen. with us. Amen. Jesus taught his disciples and us that it comes down to love. Always. Love God, love others. The Ten Commandments can be broken yeah, into those two categories. Two. Love God and love others. Amen. Even when the, when the circumstances challenge us, he will show us how to do it. We put expectations on ourselves that we need to know how to do it. But he will help us. Ask do you want him. his help? Will you ask him? Mm. His hand is outstretched. And the only question for us is will we take hold? 
and cling, like we sang in worship today, will we grab hold of it and walk Amen. and let him help us. So let's pray. Yes. God, thank you for your presence, for your power, for the ways that you intersect our lives. <laughs> it just catches by surprise. Uh, help us to just pause long enough to appreciate it, to see it, to begin to trust you. God, we don't know how to automatically do that. Uh, but you show us time and again through your word, through the lives of disciples who we can relate to and those that we can't. Um, the people that you use that were broken in all kinds of different ways, just like we are. Um, yet you restore. Amen. You transform. Amen. Peter would preach at Pentecost and 3,000 would come to believe that day. Amen. Um, you are just so good. Lord, we just thank you for, for your word. We thank you for the stories of the people in the Bible. We thank you that it's real. We thank you that, we, that you give us the word that you want us to know. Lord, thank you that you live within each one of us. Would you help us to learn how to trust you? to rely on you, not just for help me with this one thing and then, hey, I'm good on my own, but help us to really depend on you step by step, walking in step with your spirit mm -hmm. in every interaction that we're part of, good and bad. Lord, help us to love like you, yeah. with compassion and kindness and gentleness. Mm, thank you for loving us that way, because we need it. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.